2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.
3: From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those red swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs.
2: Here we go. Now.
4: Matt Pauly on America's
2: Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here.
0: Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go.
4: Let's go indeed on a Wednesday night. It is a Bar Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauly. Great to have you with us. Catch you for the next two hours, taking you till 8 o'clock this evening. Jam-packed program. We will talk a lot of St. Louis Cardinals baseball after just I, any negative adjective that you can come up with. Might be able to describe either specifically the game today, or just the way things are going right now for this team. It is. It is not good uh, going into today. I, I was thinking to myself when the team was fourteen under five hundred at ten and twenty four, they had a tough loss, and then they came back and they won a game in a series finale, and they went on their run. So I'm thinking maybe they do that again. They're back to fourteen under a uh, five hundred. Then the game gets started, and they give up a couple runs. I was like, okay, that's probably not going to happen. But then to their credit, they're able to come back, and they've got a three-run lead after three innings. But they just don't tack on. They don't tack on. And the bullpen, which has been inconsistent, especially in close and late situations, you just you don't have a whole lot of confidence in any of those guys right now to be able to carry the ninth inning. They're 15 of 30 in save opportunities this year. And not all those save opportunities are ninth inning save opportunities, but that's a bad number. That's a really bad number. They're 15 of 30 in save opportunities, and they just need one more strike. Just need one more strike today, and they don't get it. And San Francisco ties it, and then they win it in the tenth. And just a beyond demoralizing. Again, every negative adjective that it is, and then you could just exponentially make it bigger and bigger. And that's where this team is at right now. And I know it's easy to be a prisoner of the moment and things are are never as bad as they seem, they say, but it seems pretty bad. It seems pretty bad right now uh, for the Cardinals. So, uh, we will have a combination of guests on the program tonight in addition to taking your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets. I always mention that when we do the extra inning show after the game on weekday day games, uh, we we always like to be able to uh, to get things over to Dave Glover so we don't go quite as long, so we don't do as much uh, interaction when it comes to the, the text and the tweets and everything. So on those days, I always make sure to... Um, put away some time during Sports Open Line where we can take your phone calls, your texts, and your tweets. We will do that today, specifically towards the end of this hour and the start of next hour. So uh, if you want to chime in on anything, we will have that opportunity for you. 645, 650-ish into around 710, 715 of next hour. That's going to be carved out for you to be able to talk about how you're feeling about this team right now. And it feels like this is the moment where changes have to come. I just don't know what those changes are. And I know there's people out there yelling at the radio right now saying, well, they need to fire Marmel. And I'm just, I'm not there. I, I think that's uh, if they do it, I'm not saying it's an impossibility at this point that they would do it. I don't think they're going to, but it also at this point, wouldn't completely shock me. But at this point, if you do that, you're just, you're just making him a scapegoat. You're just, you're just laying all the blame at, at his feet where the issues with this team go so much deeper than that. Obviously, I think from a from a team-building standpoint, the every day that goes by, the more I look at this team, the more I see how flawed it is and how the, if you're looking for a reason of why things are going the way they're going, I would put more of the blame on the way the team has been put together as opposed to uh, the person who is leading the team on the field, and Oliver Marmel. Just one man's opinion. Uh, this is what we've got coming up on the program today in terms of guest. Uh, Benjamin Hockman from the Post-Dispatch, he's going to join us in about five, five, six, seven minutes, somewhere in there. Later on this hour, we're going to talk with uh, Danny Vietti, who will welcome him back on the program. Uh, Danny is the host of the Wake and Rake podcast and uh, covers baseball for uh, CBS Sports He was in Oakland yesterday when they went through the reverse boycott and it turned into a really interesting night for A's fans who are on the brink of losing their baseball team. And we in St. Louis know what it's like to lose a team. It stinks. You feel you've invested so much into a team and then all of a sudden a crappy owner just takes it away from you. And that's what Oakland A's fans are going through right now. I think the only difference being... I, I think st. Louis maybe was a little bit more uh willing to to spend some money and, and try to work through the stadium issue when it came to the Rams than it feels like Oakland is willing to do with the stadium issue there uh but outside of the, I mean we're we're, 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 we're you know Picking at differences at that point, it, there's a lot of similarities to what's going on, and you just really feel bad for Oakland fans, and you feel that much worse when you see some of the things that were done and and hear some of the things that were said yesterday. Uh, next hour, Scott Braun's going to join us. He is uh, one of the uh, hosts of Foul Territory TV. If you have not watched that, we've uh, during the Cardinals pregame show we've played some snippets from uh, Foul Territory. I love it. It's a it's a YouTube TV show. Um, it's got folks like uh, A.J. Pruszynski involved, and Ken Rosenthal is involved. Eric Kratz is involved. There's a, there's a handful of players, our uh, former players, who are a uh, part of it. It's a really, really good baseball show. And uh, Scott Braun is kind of the guy in the middle of it, uh, navigating through, and he's going to join us. And then we'll talk some uh, NBA basketball with uh, Ryan Kaufman next hour as well. He's a radio host in uh, Colorado Springs, and we'll get his take on uh, what happened with the uh, Denver Nuggets as he was covering that team throughout the course of their playoff run. So we've got a lot going on and certainly. Chances to talk through uh, what happened with the Cardinals, not just today, but what's happening with them overall. I've, there's one, I wouldn't say I'm angry. Maybe I am angry. I don't know. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. So the other day, somebody referred to me as being passionately frustrated. That's where I'm at right now. I'm passionately frustrated. And that uh, I think there are some things that could be done that could help this team out. There's specifically one thing that I would like to see done, um, and we'll get into that coming up uh, later on in the program as well. As always, if you'd like to join us, you can uh, call, text, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Again, later on this hour and into next hour, we'll have the uh, phone line open for you to call and text and tweet about the Cardinals as far as tweeting. It's at Matt Pauly on air. When we return, Benjamin Hockman is set to uh, join us. We'll get his thoughts on the heck the Cardinals should do to get out of this funk that they're in. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line. My name's Matt Pauly. We're back after this here on CamWorks.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
4: Graybar sports open line does continue here on KMOX. We're very happy to uh, welcome on to uh, the program right now. He is a uh, columnist with the uh, post dispatch and STL today. He's a regular visitor here on uh, sports open line. He is Benjamin Hockman. Follow him on Twitter at Hockman. Benjamin appreciate the time. How are you? Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Fresh, hot off the presses, seven minutes ago, your most recent uh, column posted at STL Today, and uh, not to uh, take away from uh, the people who subscribe, as they should, but you write, and to the Cardinals, I mean this in the nicest way possible, but I'm glad you're leaving for a while. St. Louis needs a break from this club. They don't need to suffer. 40,000 locals at a time watching the embarrassment of a baseball team at Bush. Those can't be words that you thought you were going to be writing going into this season.
1: Oh, you're right. And, and that's, of course, what makes those words, you know, so makes it so emotional, makes, makes it hopefully powerful from a sports writing standpoint, is that we entered this season, or at least I did. I think fans felt, the way, a lot of fans felt this way too, that this was the year the Cardinals needed to take the next step in the postseason. You know, they need to make some noise in the playoffs and uh, win some rounds. That that was going to be the goal. And now they're not even going to make the playoffs.
4: Yeah, it's... I can remember. I think it was last year, the the end of season news conference. You were pushing a little bit on Mo about just the lack of postseason success. And for some reason, that interaction kind of stands out to me. I I remember that because I felt like there was kind of some pushback towards you on that. And and here we are at a point where. To to what you just said, it, like it doesn't even matter because it it seems very unlikely at this point, uh, outside of something remarkable happening, that they're even a playoff club.
1: Exactly, and then it falls on the players. I know there's a lot of talk about Oliver Marmol, and no, he hasn't managed perfectly, but this comes down to veteran, experienced ball players having the worst seasons of their lives, all of them. And then Nolan Arenado will, will point the finger at himself. So it's not like I'm. I'm talking out of, out of way, if that's a phrase you know. I'm trying to say, talking behind his back or whatever, he knows that he's not doing amazingly this year. He's supposed to be doing amazingly. He gets paid a gazillion dollars. A whole, if he retired today, Nolan Arenado would be in the Hall of Fame, most likely, uh, and he's having a pretty bad season while hitting in that cleanup spot, and he's not the only one. Gorman's struggling terribly of late, Edmund's struggling offensively of late, um, just Oh, Contreras, my goodness, he's under the Mendoza line in 198. It feels like
4: they just don't have an answer. That and that uh, I don't have an answer either. Like uh, my job is, and your job, we're supposed to talk and to write and evaluate things and give suggestions. It just I've never been around a situation where you can identify the problems, but for me, it's really hard to find what the answer to the problem is. Do you, do you kind of agree with that?
1: Right, because. You know, we could get technical and talk about their, their swinging approach with two strikes or how they're hitting lefties or whatever it is, but a lot of it comes down to, we're talking about what's the answer, a lot of it comes down to what Marmol said today in his post-game press conference, saying, like, you get punched, you need to punch back. And, uh, and that's the reality of, of this team. And Ben Fred wrote about it in the post-dispatch as well yesterday. Just the idea of, like, when the, when the, when the going gets tough, the Cardinals are not tough. And uh, and we saw it tonight. Okay, they they let off that home run. With two, it was it was like a David Freeze triple situation. Two outs, two strikes, ninth inning, uh, two on, and, and he and he gets the uh, the big hit there to tie the game. Um, and of course, the Cardinals had a chance to you know tie it back up and, uh, and 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 take the lead in the ninth and take it again in the tenth. And they were terrible. Goldschmidt and Arenado struck out in the tenth. Uh, it just it's just really deflating.
4: Marmol's post-game presser today did have a very different tone to it. Did you have any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I mean this this was the worst loss of the season. I mean, good gosh! I mean, you, you could argue that the other walk-off loss to the Giants was 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 pretty bad in San Francisco, but this was like, I mean, they had the win in their hands. They're like, all right, Gio, will get this guy out. At least we'll we'll have a, a winning taste in our mouth as we go on this long road trip. You know, we didn't get swept at home, blah, 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 blah. And everything just came right back in their face. And it was the worst loss of the year. And Ollie didn't feel like his team fought back, and they didn't. And so he was very short with his answers, but very uh, potent with his answers.
4: Fifteen games under 500, going into an off day, then a road trip. It feels like if there were changes to be made, this would be the moment for said changes, if you were in charge, if you were running things right now, would there be immediate changes that you would make at this moment?
1: I, I wouldn't. And I, and I know I'm probably in the minority on this and I put it in my column, you know, that they just posted seven minutes ago. Like you said, I wouldn't fire Marmol. Um, this would be your fourth manager in six seasons for St. Louis under Mosellock. And of course, uh, I don't believe DeWitt would ever fire they there. They're too close. May- maybe if there is going to be a move, though, maybe it's regarding the hitting coach or the pitching coach. I could see something like that happen uh, before they go on this road trip. But I don't think – or I wouldn't – you ask me. I wouldn't get rid of Marmol, uh, but – I'm not DeWitt and Mosela.
4: Well, I don't even know. Okay, so starting pitching has turned around a little bit recently. And I think that, you know, so, so are you really looking at the pitching coach? And then from a hitting coach standpoint, Turner Ward and Paul Goldschmidt are very tight. Are you worried about offending Goldschmidt if you move on from him? Like, every time uh, I internally think about something that could be done, I come up with more reasons why it shouldn't be done.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's so easy it's so easy for us to to, to fire a manager on Twitter, you yeah. know. It's, or, or you know sitting on a bar stool. Um but yeah, I mean this is not to let Ollie off the hook, you know. This is just simply to say like he's got more in the in his arsenal in future seasons so hopefully it'd be more of a 90 plus game winning man season manager than, than whatever this is this year.
4: The one that frustrates me a little bit because they can't go get a top end starting pitcher on June, whatever it is, June 14th. They can't go get a middle of the order bat on June 14th. The market just hasn't developed for those things yet, but they can go find some relief pitchers, some guys who are overpaid for some bad teams that other teams would just hand in. and you could make, you could make the bullpen better pretty quickly. I'm not talking about going again, all-star quality guys, but right now it doesn't feel like there's anybody that can cover those final three innings of tight games. And I feel like if there is a player move to be made from outside the organization, you can go find some relief pitchers.
1: Definitely. And, and I mean, the Cardinals have 30 save opportunities this season, 15 blown saves and 15 saves. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's not good. And Helsley, of course, had a bunch of them, and then Gallego today, and, and and that's the thing, though, with this team. And I hope this doesn't come off as making as an excuse, or more just making a commentary. But it's like every game, you got some aspect of the team doing really, really well, and another aspect of the team playing deplorable baseball, but you never know which one it's going to be uh, as you as you sing the national anthem and start the game. One night, it could be the starting pitcher doing abysmal. Uh, the next night, it could be the bullpen. Next night, it could be the defense. Next night, it could be the kidding. It's been all of those in some of these games, but it's never the same one, uh, if you will, back-to-back.
4: Benjamin Hockman continues to join us. Again, going back to the column that just posted uh, a little while ago, the point of your column was – this is as bad of a Cardinals baseball performance we have ever seen from a team that was expected to be good. I was just talking with somebody earlier today about some of the Cardinals teams that weren't very good from the 70s and from the 90s, and those teams weren't expected to be good from the from you know from Jump Street where this was I thought that they were going to win the division by 10 plus games and be a 90 plus win team and I certainly was not alone in having that thought. It's remarkable what the expectations were for this team compared to where they're at right now.
1: No question. That's really well said, Matt. And, and the reality is that um, th- you have two superstars. And I've, I've written this before. You probably talked about it on, on your show here on KMOX. The idea of, like, it's not apples and apples, but you think of Otani and and, and you think of Trout in, in Los Angeles. It's like You have these two amazing players, and you're not making the playoffs or winning in the playoffs with them. You're basically wasting them. Well, the Cardinals have the guy that won the MVP and the guy that came in third in the MVP, two future Hall of Famers, who entered the season uh, coming off some of their best seasons – Here's, here's your chance. Now's the time to make moves, to get out of your comfort zone, to, to, to splurge, if you will, uh, to take risks and try to build a team that could win the World Series in 2023. Not only did they not do that, but apparently they didn't even build a 500
4: team. All right, let me finish you off with this. Let's go to a worst-case scenario here because they're still in a division where if they were to flip a proverbial light switch and turn things around, they could still win the division. They're not buried like they would be in another division. They're not in good spot but they're not they're not completely out of it uh, but let's say it continues down this path they have a really bad season they miss the playoffs and they go into the off season and it's time to really revamp this roster. John Moselak just got his contract extension, but he's not here for the long haul. At some point, do you get more people more involved in the conversation about what the team is going to be looking like moving forward, knowing that some of those decisions that you're making now would be impacting the team three, four, five years down the road.
1: Yeah. I mean, they they have, they have guys that Moselak and it. trust guys and girls in the, in the front office, uh, baseball thinkers that they respect. So, yeah, I mean it's just it's just gonna come down to whoever's making the decision. Can they make a decision to to upgrade maybe outside of their comfort zone um and, and, and pay for a starting pitcher or pay for a slugger, even maybe at a position where you'd have another guy at that position, you have to move somebody else because you look at the shortstop market the last two years, they're like we love Edmund and Edmund ain't bad. Um but they didn't make that move because of that. You, you just want whoever it is to just take a risk and say, we're trying to win the dang World Series. We're not trying to make the playoffs and hope we have a 2006 situation. We're trying to be like a steamrolling uh, Cardinals team, uh, or like an old, old New York Yankees of the late 90s or something like that.
4: He is uh, Benjamin Hockman. I lied. One more thing for you. You worked so long in Denver. How much did you enjoy seeing the Nuggets win the championship?
1: Yeah, no, that was really cool. I was the Nuggets beat writer for six seasons for the Denver Post before I became a columnist for the Denver Post. So I got to know a lot of the people, like, you know, the, the, the personal assistants and, uh, for, for, for the front office, you know, and the, the trainers and the PR staff, good people that work for the team that the fans have never heard of, but they devote their lives to the organization, decades of lives, of their professional lives. So it was really cool for them. And, of course, Jokic, I mean, what a, what a unicorn.
4: Yeah, it's incredible. I, you, I've told you this before. You were covering the Nuggets when I was, too, and we were at a lot of games together, and I was always intimidated to come talk to you.
1: Oh my God. I don't know why. (laughs) Only because I went to Clayton high school and you went to Ladoo that you were intimidated by that. Yeah.
4: That's gotta be it. Obviously Benjamin (laughs) appreciate the time as always. And uh, yeah, thanks for it. We'll talk to you again real soon. You're the best. Talk to you soon, man. Uh, Very good. Benjamin Hockman joining us here on Sports Open Line. When we come back, we're going to talk about that reverse boycott that the Oakland A's fans uh, pulled off yesterday. Danny Vietti from CBS Sports was there. He joins us next. This is a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on X.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit
1: ads.odyssey.com.
2: Hi, I'm Paul Goldschmidt. Hi, I'm Miles Michaelis. I'm Adam Wainwright, and you're listening to the Voice of the Cardinals, KMOS. Get ready for the Cards and Mets Friday night. Emron Total Access
1: 515. First pitch, 610. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. My guy didn't know what to do with me, so he brought me here. And we used to walk across that bar bridge to games, and it was like magic. I watched Wayne Murphy and Ricky Henderson out there running the outfield, stealing bases, hat flying off. It was beautiful, and that's what made me fall in love with baseball. And then I had a little brother who was 13 years younger than me, and I didn't know what to do with him. So what did I do? I brought him here. I brought him to baseball games. I brought him to opening day. His birthday's in April, and we would come to opening day every year. And when I went away to college, I would send him tickets to opening day every year, and he would call me for the national anthem and he would call me for the seventh inning stretch and he would call me for jason giambi's first at bat as a yankee so i could hear the boos
4: an oakland a's fan one of uh, about twenty thousand or so that did a reverse boycott yesterday they're uh of all part of it uh, danny vietti uh you can read him uh, at cbs sports he's also part of the uh, wake and rake podcast he joins us right now via the quiver river electric guest line danny thanks so much for taking some time with us today how are you
5: uh, doing well. How are you guys doing?
4: Uh, doing all right. That was uh, that was quite the scene in Oakland yesterday. The A's are on the cusp of being ripped away from Oakland to be taken to Las Vegas. And uh, the, the fans made some noise yesterday with the reverse boy, boycott. What was it just like being there and watching these passionate baseball fans who have been treated so poorly showing that that market can still support baseball if there are some resources put into the team?
5: full of emotion and it depends on what time of day, because it kind of changed by the minute. It was really unfortunate about four to five hours uh, before first pitch Las Vegas or the state of Nevada announced that uh, the, they had gotten approval uh, through their Senate to fund the ballpark in Las Vegas for the Oakland athletics if slash when they relocate and it just so happens that it is the same day that that, that they're doing the reverse boycott. So that kind of took the wind out of the sails to start the day. And I think people were kind of confused on how to react because there was still a sliver of hope. I think the writing's on the wall, and even most Oakland A's fans understand that it's very unlikely that they stay or possibly you know, get a, a an expansion team. But I think there was still a sliver of hope and then once that news dropped, you could actually like see it on the faces of the fans. They just weren't quite sure how to react. Um, and as time went on, more fans showed up, more people started chanting, um, just more support all the way around. All of a sudden, music started, dancing started. And it what started as a protest turned into more of just uh, a swan song, just a celebration one last time to get your family and friends together. Uh, if if this is indeed the last time that this stadium is full, let's make the b- the best of it. And that's what they did.
4: Do you see any scenario where the A's find a way to stay in Oakland or maybe Oakland finds a way to keep the A's would probably be the better way of saying it. Uh,
5: if you're asking me personally, no. Um, I think not under this ownership. There's way too many bridges that have been burned between the city major league baseball and Oakland A's ownership with John Fisher Um, right now just objectively speaking Las Vegas is a better option right now and that's not a knock on Oakland A's fans by any means Um, but they've been trying to get a stadium done in Oakland for two decades if not longer and right now they've failed at every shot they've gotten. They failed at Howard Terminal. They failed at San Jose. They failed in Alameda. Um, right now, Las Vegas is their best option with the current ownership. Um, I, I personally don't see this team staying by any means. I think their best shot at getting a team in Oakland would be an expansion team.
4: So you're talking in St. Louis, and St. Louis sports fans are very familiar with losing a team because of the Rams leaving, and Stan Kroenke is as hated of an individual that if for for people in St. Louis. For people in Oakland, is it the same with A's owner John Fisher?
5: Oh boy, yeah, uh, it's things got hasty last night. Uh, they're just, for example, uh, you know, they're playing. Uh, cornhole with photos of John Fisher, who is the owner, and Dave Cattle, who is president of the A's. Um, The cornhole had photos of each of those guys, and they were tossing around uh, (laughs) sandbags with poop emojis on them. Um, I would say, just off the top of my head, about 25% of the signs that you would see around the ballpark had to do with stay in Oakland, and the other 75% either referenced John Fisher in some way or had a photo of him with you know, a clown nose on him. Uh, the majority have to do with John Fisher because my whole thing, my big takeaway from last night, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I don't think Oakland A's fans at this point, especially considering the approval yesterday, I don't think they're fighting to keep the teeth. I think they're fighting to show people that it is not their fault. It is the owner's fault, and him solely. Like, like he deserves 90% of the blame. I think they're at war with John Fisher. They know that the team is going to relocate, but they are out there for pride.
4: It's frustrating to watch somebody like John Fisher operate the team the way he operated it, and now he's going to fall into a stay a situation with a ballpark that's basically being built for him and new revenue streams and all that. Like, you're not supposed to be rewarded for operating teams the way John Fisher has, but again, there's a lot of again for people listening. There's a lot of Stan Kroenke comparisons here with the Rams because it's running a team into the ground to put it in better position to move, and then getting all these things handed to you in a new market now
5: there's a blueprint right like like i think (laughs) as as crazy as it sounds the hollywood movie major league with the cleveland indians during you know in that movie uh with their owner trying to move them to miami and as you mentioned st louis kind of did it with the rams um the supersonics in seattle sacramento tried doing it with the kings about 10 years ago um, so there's a blueprint for it, and uh, unfortunately, right now the fans feel like they have just haven't been heard, and they've just given up. Really, and, and by that I mean they have given up on ownership. They haven't given up on the team necessarily, but you know, just the people I've talked to, like they don't even know who's on the the roster anymore. They, they have the Oakland A's have not given an extension. To a homegrown player, uh, as as long as I can remember, the biggest contract that they have ever handed out in Oakland athletic history was to Eric Chavez 2004, Hmm. two decades ago. (laughs) So you look around the stadium. Uh, you're not going to see too many current player jerseys, so they just they don't have much to root for because they don't know any of the names.
4: You made reference to it on your Twitter that uh, on MLb.com and on the Oakland A's website, there's absolutely no um, nothing mentioning the reverse boycott, but I'm sure players were asked about it afterwards. What was the response from from players and how did they feel about uh, seeing A's fans come out the way they did?
5: It was pretty cool seeing it from both current and former players. So Dallas Braden, who used to pitch for the Oakland A's and uh, had a big moment on Mother's Day when he threw the perfect game, Uh, he was down uh, in with the crowd uh, during the tailgating before the game. And, you know, fans loved it. And, And keep in mind, too, that Braden is the color analyst on the broadcast. So there's a bit of a conflict of interest when it comes to his job security and he made it a priority to go down to the tailgate and be with the fans. That that was important to him. Uh, similarly, S- Stephen Piscotti, who spent the previous five seasons with the Oakland A's out in right field and is an East Bay native, he tweeted out and said, I would be there if I could. Right now he's playing minor league baseball, but he wanted to make sure that the fans know that he supported them. And current players after the game had similar sentiments. They were just happy to be a part of it. They were really happy to lock down, believe it or not, their seventh consecutive win to just give the fans something to cheer about and make them know that they heard them.
4: He is Danny Vietti. You uh, read him uh, a little bit at CBS Sports. You hear him on the Wake and Rake podcast. Him and uh, Will uh do that podcast together, which is an absolutely fantastic listen. You can find it uh, wherever you get your podcast. Danny, thanks as always for taking some time. Really appreciate the insight. It was really cool that you were there yesterday. A lot of the videos that have been posted through you and everything. I, I played that audio coming out of break with one of the fans. That was just a snippet of what was being said. Uh, when it comes to storytelling, it was a great storytelling night last night, and I Appreciate everything that you did.
5: Uh, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you for having me.
4: You bet. There's Danny Vietti joining us here uh, on the program. Follow him on Twitter at Danny Vietti, Danny V I E T T I, and you can see uh, everything that I am alluding to. We'll take one more break, come back, wrap up hour number one. It's your opportunity to uh, talk Cardinals baseball. We'll be taking your phone calls, your texts, your tweets uh, for the next uh, 20 minutes or so, so don't go anywhere. We're back with more in just a moment. It's the Gray Bar Sports Open line on KMOX.
3: This is America's Sports Voice,
4: KMOX. The Our Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. I always say on days that the Cardinals play uh, weekday day games, and we have to go a little short with the extra inning show, I always want to give you the opportunity to chime in on the Cardinals. They lose uh, today in 10 innings, just a brutal loss to the Giants. Eight five the final score. So uh, we'll take this segment and the next segment and give you an opportunity to chime in. You can call or text 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can uh, tweet at me, at Matt Polly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's start with uh, Daryl. Hey, Daryl, you're on Sports Open
0: Line. Hi, you hear me okay? Yep. Awesome. So... Um Marmol, just, just as a side note, Marmol, true or false, the youngest or among the youngest managers? True. Not just currently, but like ever in baseball, right?
4: Uh, yeah, so, probably, yeah. I, I haven't seen that written down, but I mean, he's super young, so there have not been many people younger right. than him managing Major League Baseball.
0: Right, right. So we're not relying on his vast experience, okay? We're relying on Marmol, relying on Moselox. He's Mr. Metric. So, the moves that Marmol is making are the moves Moselloc is making. To me, the two equate. They're going by numbers and not much else, not, not Marmol's vast experience and gut instincts. Therefore, it's, it's well, I mean, while I wouldn't mind seeing Marmol go because I don't care much for people that just rely on metrics as the weapon as opposed to a weapon, but they're Mose-Lock's moves, he needs to go too. He's the one that primarily needs to go. Now, you may point to experience that Mosellac has had in the past. Well, that, that experience he had in the past is someone that is with Tony LaRuza. A little bit with Massini and a little bit with Schilt, but it's mainly been with LaRuza. You're not going to fire LaRuza. No one's going to fire LaRuza because he has approved a proven track record. And he used metrics as a weapon, not the weapon. But these guys that, that are now just. Going by the numbers, man. Just doing the algebra. I don't care about that. The managers are are in control. That's Mose Lock. He's the one that needs to go. That's my comment.
4: Thanks. Dale. appreciate the phone call. Look, baseball is different than when Tony LaRusso was managing. We saw how – now, LaRusso – who Larusa is now versus who Larusa was when he was managing the Cardinals and the A's and the White Sox the first time are two very different guys. So I have a hard time comparing what he did his second stint with the White Sox. But we saw that that it, it's just it's different now. Um, so I understand the comparisons to Larusa. I would tell you that you numbers don't lie. There's numbers don't have a bias. So you use numbers. You utilize them. It's not everything. Uh, some some teams, some organizations are better at it than others I actually think I don't think the Cardinals, are like you go compare the Cardinals to say like the Tampa Bay Rays and you compare the Cardinals to the Dodgers and some other organizations the way you, they use data and analytics I don't think the Cardinals are all in on data as much as other organizations other organizations that are very, very successful, uh, but I also at the same time understand why fans have that belief 314 436 7900. If you're on hold, we'll get to you after the news. This is a Gray Bar Sports Open line on KMOX. Over We really need new
2: phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month.
3: New iPhone 15s?
2: Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for
3: $25 per line per month
2: with eligible trade in when you switch.